Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I am your host for this podcast, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familias Publishing to bring you real-life, nourishing information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now, I am absolutely thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to introduce today's wonderful guest, Eileen, otherwise known as the storyteller, who will be talking with us about her beautiful work on YouTube as the storyteller. So welcome to the podcast, storyteller. Thank you, Dr. C. It's such a pleasure to see you and to be here with your audience again. And I love how you included the word messy at the top of the show. is, you know, the whole growing up journey, family life, it's it's messy. There's no way around it. And I love that you said it because it's something that we embrace on the channel on Kid Time Storytime when we talk to kids, you know, about the feelings that are a little messier, a little harsher. You know, we're open about all of life's vicissitudes. And that way we give it a language and strategies for moving forward and moving through it. Because it's not always about the happily ever after. It's also about the grit and the resilience and the oomph that it takes to power through the not so happily ever after moments that we're going to get, whether we want to or not. I love that. And I love, first off, I love the word vicissitudes because it's just all about mess, isn't it? Vicissitudes. And that's what life is, isn't it? From birth through death, it is so changeable, so messy. And I think it's that when we fight that messiness is when we have the hardest time. Issues. (laughs) So I am so interested in helping our listeners understand the power of story to help families be happy, help families feel safe and connected and loved. And you're the expert. Do share as the storyteller and the time, the immense time you spend with children. And then, if you don't mind, maybe sharing some feedback you get from parents who write to you about the life changing results of your storytelling. So, I know that's a lot at once. So, let's just dive into the power of story. (laughs) Let me see if I can tackle all of that and remember everything you said. Okay, this is a test. (laughs) If it's a memory test, I might be. But it's actually the power of what we do that we hear reflected back to us from the messages that we get from parents and educators that really puts the fuel in our tank. I mean, we know internally that we're doing something right. We feel very much like we're on a, on a mission yes, to bring something to kids that they need, but then to hear it come back to you and hear so much love and devotion because children are so open. And if they write to you, it's just like, I love you. You're my favorite. I can't sleep without you. You help me go to sleep. And, and I don't know when Green Bear did this and then I'm going to vote for him for president and also tell Doug the Dinosaur that I said hi and then not to be so shy. I mean, I just, oh, it's so moving. It's so moving. For those who don't know about Kid Time Storytime, I do read books, picture books for children, and I'm not alone. 
I do it with my cast of puppet characters. And the kids see themselves in these puppet kids. Mm. They ask questions that these kids would ask. They all have such distinctly different personalities that they can relate to the one that speaks to them. And I love that. And it adds that element of a further, deeper connection. Yes, shades of Mr. Rogers, right? <gasps> yes. My inspiration source. Yes, you yes, said yes, my inspiration yes. source right there. I grew up watching Mr. Rogers. Because it was pre-streaming and all that, I have no idea if I was watching reruns. I have no idea if it was like old up. I don't know, because I was just watching PBS, but I watched him and I would be mesmerized by this power he had. Yes. And he wasn't doing this thing that I really don't like when I see other people do it. He wasn't talking like a kid. He wasn't trying to be a child. Mm -mm. But somehow he could still connect to the rich inner life of a child and talk to you like a human being mm -hmm. and not like a baby, like an adult talking down to you. And that connection was so powerful that to this day, I feel a connection to Mr. Rogers. And I know that similar figures in children's programming history have done the same for other generations because you hear that. He was mine. And that's what it's all based on for me to read to kids, to have the puppets, not unlike Mr. Rogers. I also sing and I write songs also like Mr. Rogers. It wasn't intended, but it, we share <laughs> certain qualities. Yes. So I sing to them and I do the voices and. I bring these books to life in a very theatrical way because it's the drama of life that's connect, contained in all these books. Yes. You know, Dr. Carla, I mean, if you read children's books, you see that like the, all the world's truths are in them. They're oh, deceptively distilled, simple. distilled these amazing truths that a, an adult book would take 300 pages to talk oh, about. Wow. Here a child's book does it. In, in 32. 32. Boom. Boom. There you go. We could all learn a lot from reading more children's books, like how, how to play nice. <laughs> so much. And it's deep, you know, it's not childlike. It's complex. That's why I say it's deceptively simple yes. because there's so much layering of so many truths. That's why I, a children's book authoring is truly an art form unto itself. To be able to say that much without being preachy. Yes. In a way that children can connect to and that adults will recognize the life lesson in it, it in only 32 pages in very few sentences per page is really astonishing to me. And I'm a writer and still I am astonished that those writers of that genre can accomplish so much with so few words. Absolutely. And I really love how you're bringing it into a focus that in these 32 pages, there are life lessons, There is, which is a huge part of how families can be happy through reading, right? Learning these life lessons through that 32-page journey, talking about those life lessons, exploring the life lessons, bringing those life lessons into real life, all as you're saying, when you were talking about Mr. Rogers and basically you're sort of channeling his energy, which you, you channel your own energy, but I think an, a beautiful similarity that I picked up right away is that it's not talking down to a child or being a child. It is meeting the child at their level, right? Couldn't have Absolutely. Said it any better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have a podcast. You're really good at this. <laughs> I love it. So, and I love helping 
families be happy through talking to really brilliant, creative people like you who have found a way, especially with parents being so busy, right? And having so many tasks to do. They know that they can bring a child to Storyteller and that she will take good care of them. During, I mean, and that is a huge gift and a huge relief for parents and grandparents, caregivers, educators, knowing that you, this gorgeous storyteller who has all of these talents, creates a sacred space for learning, for happiness, joy. Oh, it's just incredible. So I have a question for you. How do you choose the books? I know you have some familiar titles that you read and familiar books are terrific, I must say. So how do you choose, how do you select the books from all of the books that are available around the world, old and new? Is it wrong to say that I choose a book by its cover? (laughs) No, it's not wrong at all. (laughs) I do judge a book by its cover. And they'll tell you in the publishing industry, Familius will tell you how incredibly important the cover art is because it tells you so much with just the title and the picture. It tells you what to expect on the inside. It's... We start from there. I also, I've been doing it for, it turns out YouTube just told me that I just had my eighth anniversary doing. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm eight. Eight. Don't I look amazing? You do. (laughs) For eight. So what I was getting at was that because I've done it, we've been doing it for so long. And by we, I keep saying the we, (laughs) the we, it's just me and my husband, who is the off-screen technical genius. And our audience who follows us intensely knows about off-screen technical genius, although they never see him. But it's just a few of us. And we, over the last eight years, have really gotten to know what children respond to. You just know what they're going to love. And you also know that while you do drop these life lessons that are super important, and there's always some good truth life nugget to take out of almost all stories, There's also just reading for fun's sake, just for fun. You know, adults do that. They read some Nora Roberts novel sitting on a beach that has absolutely no value, but to entertain your brain (laughs) like like that. They mean, kids just want fun things. And I'm always making sure that whatever we read is super fun and funny. And I do seek out books that have zero nutritional value. But just enjoyable, fun, rip-roaring time to make sure that the love of reading is just brewing and they're laughing because that's where the magic is, you yes, know? The laughter. Yes. You can tuck anything and it, even the important life lessons, but as long as you do it with light, with joy, with laughter, a plenty, I think it's the old spoonful of sugar helps medicine go down adage. Absolutely. And as you're talking, I'm getting... These images of words spiraling around and colors spiraling around and emotions and energy. And is that part of what makes storyteller so important, so cherished? Is that beautiful melding of these colors and energy that you bring that in our often, you know, we're looking at a phone and it's black and white or a newspaper black and white, but you're bringing this as you said earlier, this drama, this real life drama of these beautiful worlds that sometimes actually I imagine is a pretty harsh contrast to that child's daily life. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very magical. So tell me more about that, that color, the energy of the imagination 
that you help foster in children's the, lives? The, first of all, you hit on something really near and dear to my heart. We do need to keep things magical. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should ever lose that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a, a purview that only belongs to people in their single digits. Let's say. I agree. I love this. <laughs> I remember hearing that as a child. I remember somebody saying, don't lose your childlike wonder. And I remember hearing that. And you know how things really have a phenomenal way of seeping in very deep mm-hmm. when you're young, right? You know that. And I heard that. It seeped in like, yeah, why should I lose that as a child? And then I chose not to. And I think that if somebody has lost it, they can reclaim it. Absolutely. It takes a certain amount of vulnerability. And openness, open-heartedness, mm-hmm. faith mm-hmm. to do it. But the more I delve deep into being storyteller, the more I live in that world and the more comfortable I am oh. being an adult who's completely open-hearted and fearless. Yes, you have to be really brave to be that open-hearted. And that's what I tell the kids, that being kind is not for the weak. It takes a lot of courage to have a big open heart and to be kind and to be loving because they may not feel like it sometimes because it seems scary, but we have to fight our fears when we yes. know that we're doing the right thing. I love to keep that magic to bring that to them. You're right. Sometimes the messages I get are extremely sweet. Families that watch together, parents who've been booted from the job of being the storyteller at night because the kids want me. So they get to <laughs> enjoy the story together. They get to bond. I remember getting, I get a lot of incredible emails, but there's this one that made me projectile cry. (laughs) When I got this email from this woman, this mom, who told me that she had undergone a long round of chemotherapy and she couldn't really do anything. She's too weak, tired. So her bonding time with her son was to cuddle in bed together and watch the channel, you know? (sighs) So you hear stuff like that, oh, you know, that you're connecting. I see the tears in your eyes. Absolutely. Knowing that you could be part of that family's journey. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. And then there was another story from a child psychologist who wrote to me to let me know that he works with a lot of really troubled kids, a lot of kids in foster care, adopted, you know, out there without families. And... He likes to end the sessions, he says, which can be quite intense, with a story from us mm. to have the kid end happy and walk the yeah. house out the door, you know? And there was this one little girl that he was talking to who was, I mean, this is, uh, this is heartbreaking to say, but she was, she was suicidal at mm. eight. At eight. At eight. Oh. That's how rough her life was. Her life was yeah. tough. Yeah, he's talking to her. And then at the end, he let her choose a story. And whatever time is is left, you know, they have nine minutes on their session. They try to find like a nine minute story, whatever on the channel. You know, there's a lot of variety. And the little girl chose the biography of Frida Kahlo. And he's trying to get her to change topic. Oh, what about this? Or what about that? Because he thought, Rita Kahlo had a rough life. That's a, that's a bit of a dark tale. I don't, I don't think that this is... Mm. She insisted. They watched the story. A beat after the story ends. And she says, well, if Frida Kahlo can get through all of that, so can I. 
perfect. Her psyche knew. She knew what she needed. Mm-hmm. And you were part of that. Oh, okay. Now I have chills. All right. Officially chills. So what magical work you do, what magical work. And you're really, you know, the Frida Kahlo tale, as you're talking about it, she had such a challenging life. I mean, mentally, physically, emotionally, just really had it. And here she became an inspiration as she has for many people, but to a, to an eight-year-old who was suicidal. And here her therapist was thinking he would protect her when it was actually exactly what something in her knew she needed. And isn't that, this is a question for you, is that one of the powers that you see in stories and story time that children tend to gravitate toward that which their psyche needs or that which their soul needs, you might say? A hundred percent. They know. They know. And the same way that they gravitate towards certain characters, certain puppets that speak to them. A lot of the kids who are autistic happen to gravitate towards Hootie the owl, who is nonverbal and works on his language skills, are super ambitious, extra spicy kids, let's say, gravitate towards Green Bear, who's very aggressive and positive, but like in a big, get him kind of way. That kid, the one who's got a gazillion giant feelings in a tiny body, you know, kind of way. We've got Doug the dinosaur, who is shy and a rule follower and gets a little nervous mm-hmm. and doesn't like to take chances. We have we have the unicorn, which is just magical and joyful. I mean, we have Abuela Bear, our grandma bear, that the kids just adore. Because it's grandma. Uh, yes. The most ideal grandma you could ever hope for. She's sweet. She's loving. A little sassy. Bakes the best cookies. So there's really something in there for everyone to connect with. So they connect with the puppets. They connect with me. They connect with the stories. Mm. The stories speak to them. Those are the ones that get replayed over and over again in their homes. So which... If there is, is there a type of story that's your favorite to read? Mm, yes. <laughs> I expected to know. So good. Let's lean into this. Tell know? me. Well, oh, you know, no, I, I was thinking favorite. it would be, oh, I love them all. I try to stay neutral. I love everything. But I love the fact that you actually have <laughs> favorites. Don't I do. I don't have favorites. I don't have a favorite puppet. Love them all the same. Love them all. <laughs> good all mama. The- Good, good mama. <laughs> favorite there. Yeah. It's my favorite books. And my favorite books are just silly and zany and funny. Funny is my absolute favorite thing. Followed with closely behind by magical books that do things that you don't expect. But I love funny. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. And it's the universal language. You know, yes, humor, humor. humor. I, I, I love to laugh. Children love to laugh. The life is hard. Whether the kid is in a perfectly adjusted, beautiful home or a wreckage of a situation, they all love to laugh. Yeah. All of them. They all, everybody wants to be taken away. You the know, healing power of humor is yeah. bonding and healing. It is. It is. Absolutely. So you know, that Dr. makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. And, and here's the funny thing is when I when we started the channel, we were 
inspired a great deal by my nephews, our nephews, because they were these tough New York, New Jersey kids, right? They've seen it all. They've seen R-rated movies. It's like, oh, okay. You know, they're like, they're tough, right? So you think these kids are like barely kids anymore. How old were they at the time? They were like five and eight. Oh, okay. And they've seen <laughs> yeah. it all by five and eight. Got it. I Now, okay, I'm with they you. They were just like that kind of kid that's like, oh, I know things. I've seen things. Uh, like every boy wants to be like a man prematurely, right? Yes. It's that, that thing. They want to know things and, you know, they want to see the world, you know, hungry to just sop up everything. And they would stay with us a lot when we were living in New York City. And I started reading bedtime stories to them and thinking, they're not going to really like respond to this. You know, they're so like jaded. They're not going to. And I couldn't believe how these tough little know-it-allers just melted in front of me. Just big eyes. And I saw children again. The magic. And just... The magic. I mean, I can't even describe what I saw, but it was an opening up. And it reminded me that storytelling is as old as humanity. Mm -hmm. And that's what unites us to one another, to past generations, to the future, to ourselves, to each other. That's the window for everything. The wonder and the magic of stories. So when they started going back to school again, and I didn't see them as often, we started putting the stories, we opened Kid Time Storytime, put the stories up on the channel thinking this way they can get a story anytime so they don't miss it. But also there must be other kids like that. And that's how that started. A lot. Of I people- love knowing the genesis of Storyteller. That's gorgeous. That was it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, so how did you start your business? Like, oh, no, 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 no. That wasn't. Wasn't a business. It was a work of heart. That wasn't it at all. It was a passion project and a commitment to a passion project for a very long time that exploded into what it is today now with almost half a million subscribers ever since the pandemic broke out and people really discovered us, accelerating the trends of going online more and more for children's programming and educational content. Then we exploded. But this was a project born out of love, really. Uh, from from the start. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I am so thrilled to have had a chance to talk to you for time two, which is totally different than our first chat together. So where can our listeners find you, Storyteller? Okay. Well, if you're intrigued out there listening or watching, we are Kid Time Storytime and we are on YouTube. The moment you start pl- typing in kid time on YouTube, boom, we come up. You, you can Google us. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find me on Pinterest, where I've really made a big effort to create boards thinking of homeschoolers and teachers and what they, the, by the topics that they really want to tackle. So I try to do as much to be as accessible and easy for the adults out there who are seeking out our content because... We have over a thousand videos at this point. So I try to organize things in such a way that they can find exactly what they're looking for. But you can find me all of these places, as well as kidtimestorytime.com, created by my off-screen technical genius. AKA um, husband. <laughs> Excellent. 
So kid time, story time, type it in and you'll come up. You'll see us. You'll, you'll, you're easy yeah. to, easy to find, easy to follow. Miss at this point. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, Eileen, storyteller, I thank you so much for sharing your time with me and with our audience today. My heart is just filled with such joy for the work that you do and, and gratitude. So thank you. Thank you. Um, it sounds as if, even though you don't mean to, like you're saving quite a few lives out there on some level. So thank you for that. I can't think of a better, better way to spend my time. Ah, yes. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. I am truly grateful and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familius content, Be sure to visit us at familias.com where you will find our Habit Hub blog, as well as a spectacular selection of books for families. One step at a time, we can and will make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine, shine, shine as only you can do. Thanks again, storyteller. It was a pleasure. Take good care. Bye-bye. Bye.